cannot believe you just said that. Talked it last game. He was throwing nothing but straight piss missiles. Is this the dagger? That's why he has to be the greatest. He's not, dude. He's not. You think he's in danger of losing his spot? He is the danger, man. And welcome into the Lace Em Up Podcast. I am your host, Landon Pats, joined by my other host, Ty Gensler. How are you today, Ty? You know, I'm doing great. You know, it's a Friday. We're actually being consistent with the Fridays. It's kind of crazy. But a lot has happened. A lot has happened. I mean, bowl games, committees, baseball. I, we have facial hair. I mean. Football, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's been so long that both Ty and I looked at each other today. We're like, dang, you both need, we both need to shave a little. We need to shave. Yeah. I need, I need back to that baby face look. I am happy to be back on a Friday, though. I'm happy to be sitting down in the audio booth recording actually here with the podcast. I didn't know if we were going to get here this week. I love hearing Landon's voice. I, okay, that's not what I was going for, but you know what? We're going to keep moving straight past like it never happened. Something like that. Yeah, it's actually great to sit down for once. Cause I know. It's been a minute. It's we really haven't even like seen each other, talked to each other in a couple days. No, we've been busy. Yes, we've been very busy. Yeah. On this episode of the Lace Up Podcast, we're on 13 already, which is crazy. And the last one of the semester, which is sad, but it means that we'll have something better coming for you guys next semester. On today's Stay episode... Stay tuned! Stay tuned in. On today's episode, we're going to have the College Football Championship Games... The committee's decision, we all know the decision, I don't need to hype that one up too much, as well as what we think about some of the major college football games that are going to be coming up in bowl season. Mm -hmm. Then we'll be moving on to the NFL, looking at last week's set of games, everybody that played, everybody that had some interesting moments, some of the games of the week coming up. Then we got some NFL news that's going to be a big deal, one of which a cough, cough, wink, wink, Justin Jefferson's back. He's back. Thank God. There is a few more things in the NFL to get over. There's some NCAA moves out there that need to be talked about through the transfer portal. And then in the second segment, we are going to go through a bowl game bonanza. We're going to go through some of the bowl games that we're going to see upcoming from either the college football playoff or just regular bowl games in college football. And we're going to rally off and say who's going to win and why. It's the Lace em Up NCAA Bowl Game Holiday Palooza Special. Ty's just liking to say words at this point. We're going to get straight into this. <laughs> I'm going to just, we're going to keep moving. All right. We're going to get right into this. Probably the biggest game of the weekend, the game that everybody was interested in and cared about, Liberty beating New Mexico State <laughs> 45 or 49 to 35. Liberty finishes the season undefeated and makes a uh, New Year's Six Bowl this year. Would you look at that? And they're, they're going up against Oregon. They are going up against Oregon. I, I will say Oregon's going to murder this team. Yeah, but, I feel bad. But this is also a great opportunity. Like, you got to love it for them. So They have a quarterback who's a really great dual threat at Liberty again. Yeah. Um, Caden Salter is his name. Mm-hmm. He's a good player. But they, I mean, again, we think this is a good win for them. It's a good thing for the program. They're kind of trying to take over the who's the mid-major team that's really important. For sure. But really this time, the game that everybody did truly actually care about. Number 17, SMU, beating number 23, <laughs> Tulane, 26-14. to 14. Massive win for SMU. No, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Who would have thought? How about Boise State? How about Boise State? The 8-5. and five. I had a look at the Mountain West schedule today, this last week, to see how an 8-5 and five team won the conference. I just didn't, I couldn't comprehend the fact that there was that bad of a team that was winning a... Liberty's not the only team that's undefeated. Troy. Troy is also, also undefeated. Amazing undefeated the team. Troy Trojans? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. All right. All jokes aside at this point, we should actually get into the games that mattered for the cultural playoff this it, week. Yeah, like Miami of Ohio. That was... Did they win that one? <laughs> Miami of Ohio did not win. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Toledo Dang it! Hey, man, I like Toledo. All right. 
Games that actually matter for the college football playoff. Texas absolutely smoking Oklahoma State 49-21, and that looks way closer than it was. Not surprised. Te- neither me. Texas looks – it looks so easy for them. Quinn yeah. Ewers had the third most passing yards all time in a college football – or a conference championship game for the Big 12 at halftime. Yeah. Alan Bowman did Alan Bowman things. They tried – I don't know what they were trying to think. They were trying to think of maybe getting the passing game early because they didn't think – they thought they would stop Bollygorn, which, to be fair, Texas they doesn't – They did. They did. Uh, but, I mean, I don't know. They've never won solely because of the passing game. Their deep, our defense scored, well, not ours, their defense coordinator is getting just roasted because, you know, he did come from D2. And, you know, considering their former defense coordinator is now the head coach for Middle Tennessee State now. So, yeah, there's, there's some interesting parts for that for sure. I think there is, this has been a very up and down season for Brian Nardo, which is a fair thing to say about any first year coach in their first level of. Division One college football. Yeah. He's had a really up and down season. There have been moments where it's like, oh my God, this is one of the better defenses in the Big 12. And then there have been moments where you look at UCF and it's like, we can't stop a nosebleed. We can't stop anything. So I think it, for an overall first season, pretty successful. Yeah. Your defense wasn't the absolute worst in the Big 12. You have made some playmakers. You get a little bit of pass rush, whatever. But I agree with this. Yeah, Alan Bowman was way overutilized. 38 pass attempts to Ollie Gordon's 13 rushing attempts. And I get that that was a lot of the time because you were playing from behind. You had to try and get yourself back in the game. But we've known Oklahoma State to never be the team that's going to win and get back in from behind on the back of their quarterback right now. Yeah, no, especially. Ollie would have been the guy. Yeah, especially, like, I get not being able to because, you know, you were trailing behind. But the first drive, you did three straight passes. Didn't even try to give all. Didn't even let him touch the ball. Yeah. And another thing with the defense coordinator, it's also it kind of just shoots the foot back to Oklahoma State because they were like, well, we don't need to pay him. We don't need to pay our former guy because we can just our defense is already successful. We can pretty much hire anybody. And now it kind of showed in the biggest games. Yeah, I, I'll be curious. The other thing too you got to remember about these type of guys is that he's running a very very particular type of scheme, a yeah. really weird kind of three three stack hybrid, and he needs to get really really impressive level defensive linemen and like one or two more guys in here that can play his style of defensive coverage yeah he doesn't have his guys right now and that's that's fair for anybody wherever they go and of course they're going to hopefully work on that this next year to get more guys in that fit his scheme but it felt like it sometimes it was like he's trying to do things that people are just not comfortable and able to do yeah i feel like it really it was sad for me it really affected all uh colin oliver the most i really thought he was gonna have a more bigger impact me too i i hope that if he does come back this next year knock on one on that that they are able to find a way to utilize him as a true pass rusher yeah like let him go off the edge i 100 percent get he's a little undersized and he could play the inside linebacker position if he wanted to but that guy needs to be their best pass rusher and he is their best pass rusher which means he needs to be rushing the, the quarterback all the time for sure moving on spoiler alert there's a new number one in college football michigan Beating Iowa, number twenty Iowa, twenty six to nothing. Did you know? For fun fact, Iowa's over under in both halves for this game was point five. Yeah, I think we talked about it last episode. Yeah, I think so too. And if I had told you that you take the under and you would have hit on both halves, that's insane. It's wild. Michigan's defense is unbelievable. Now their offense sputtered a little bit, um, but at the same time, I think that they're gonna they're gonna handle what they need to handle in there, and they did what they were supposed to. They made the college football playoff. Wasn't really a game. Iowa is one of the most interesting teams to look at for this offseason because what do you do? I think their quarterback just got in the portal, too. I think he's going to Utah State. McNamara? 
I think I can double check. I'll, I'll but double check. Um, I, it's really weird for the fact that Iowa's a 10-win team, yet they've made none of the goals that they were hoping for this season. They wanted to be above 25 points per game. Didn't do that. They wanted to be competitive in the Big Ten Championship. Didn't do that at all. They wanted to have a more explosive team. They didn't do that at all. So it's it's weird to me that they had such high levels of success and won at such a high level up till the point of actually playing the real teams. And that's when you see the Michigans, if they have to play in Ohio State in the year, whoever else. That's oh, end up it's, uh, it was Spencer Pintras. Ah, uh, okay. I got yeah. you. Yeah. I can't remember who was officially starting for them if it wasn't, but... Glad to see that he's hopefully moving on to a team that can score more than 20 points a game. Yeah, I mean, I always just know him for their defense, so it didn't really shock me. I think what shocked me most was um, ESPN's college game day predictions. I think all but one picked Iowa for the upset. Which is the weirdest like spot for an upset, too, because there was other spots in here where I feel like you could be much more willing with an upset. Yeah. but I don't know. It was a weird game. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100%. All right. Game from Friday night, which was probably one of, if not my favorite games of the whole weekend. Oregon losing to Washington 34-31. to What a freaking ball game. That was an incredible ball game. That was so much fun to watch from start to end. Oregon was so good early. Washington storms back with their run attack. They'd be able to take back their lead, get up 20-10 to at halftime. Oregon scores 14 unanswered in the third. Washington comes back from that point to win the game by three. They're running back Dylan Johnson, 28 carries, 152 yards, two touchdowns. Phenomenal. Bo Nix was pretty good in this game. Michael Penix was pretty good in this game. Neither one had a real Heisman-type game. Neither one of them kind of sealed the Heisman for themselves. And yeah, more or less, they're opening the door for Jaden Daniels to win. Yeah, it's still be interesting to see if they're going to pick Jaden Daniels, considering he didn't play a championship game. But Now, I will say, his odds for Vegas, I think two days ago or three days ago, spiked to like minus 1,000. So if somebody knows something. Yeah, out there sure. that he's most likely going to win the Heisman this year. But I'll be curious. I mean, can you just give a guy a Heisman for not competing and winning? I don't know. I don't know. I told I said this in the last episode that the reason why I thought uh, Oregon would beat Washington is because they they would learn from mistakes. Because it seemed like the last time they played each other, it was just Oregon had the game in their hands and they shot themselves in the foot, and they did it again. And I didn't think they did do it again. Yeah, a massive costly turnover from Bo Nix. Now I will say it was Bo's only turnover of the game, but it was still a very costly turnover at a point where they had so long with the football. It was an incredible IQ from Washington's corner too. Yeah, it was. Oh my god, what a play! Yeah, but overall, it was a great game. It was a really, really good game. Probably the best week game of the weekend, if not the next best game of the weekend. Georgia losing to Alabama, twenty-seven to twenty-four. This was a true old-fashioned SEC thug. Best. And I loved it. It was great. It was a great game. It was um, so much fun to watch. The only thing I would say is um, with these two, with both of these teams, one, Jalen Monroe did not look great in the first three quarters. I think it's the way he passed the, he passed the ball good, but I told Lane, I told others, I was like, if this was like a Tua or a Bryce Young, like being the quarterback, actually being able to be very accurate with the ball, I think this would have been, they would have won by like plus 10. Yeah, I, I mean, they're missing that dynamic of the whole season anyway. Yeah. Um, and if the college football committee's taught you anything, it doesn't really matter what you do up until the fourth quarter, last second of the season. So, yeah. you know. And as for Georgia, um, they played really great. I was very oh, confused they why they continued to play McCockney and Brock Bowers when they That f- was so weird. They were both hurt, completely they, hurt. Yeah, I mean, you saw McCockney at the end of the half. Like, he was barely able to walk. And I don't know if that's just because you really thought you had no one else or you just really, McCaukey and then we're really saying, like, I can play. So it was really confusing on my part. 
But other than that, it was a really great game. It, well, I, it was so confusing to me because they weren't 100%. No. It was so obvious. Going into the game. Here's you my thing, Kirby. If if they're saying that they're good to go, I don't care. Like, it, it's your job at that point to say, no, you're not. You need to listen to me. Yeah. And take control of the situation because now you're hurting your team. And a lot of other programs, if you had a guy like Luke McConkey and Brock Bowers and they were 60%, 70%, they're better than anybody else in the roster. But this is not any other roster in America. This is Georgia. You have big dudes behind them. You have five-star recruits who can come in and take that, take that role from them instead. Why don't you use them to do that? I don't know. I don't know. And it was just their biggest place, too, where the run game and their freshman receivers that didn't, like, it wasn't McCockney and that Brock no, Bowers. No, it was the guys on the outside of that. Yeah. I mean, it was really confusing, but... I mean, Alabama ended up winning it, so. And it was a really good game. It was it was the college football committee's worst case scenario. Yeah. Was Alabama winning and Florida State pulling it out against Louisville sixteen to six in a slugfest? Yeah, Florida was, State's defense was phenomenal. In this yeah. Game. Didn't give up an inch. They understood right away from the gate. Okay, we're probably not going to get a ton of points this game. We're not allowing anything. We're not allowing you to get past half the mid or what's it called midfield. Just not happening. Yeah, it was just very. It was hard to. It was just so many punts. But you got to give Florida State credit when it came to the defense because they were, they were really good on that part. But it, I mean, do you just want to start talking about this decision already, or let's get into it? We might yeah. as well. It's the biggest conversation in all of sports right now between the last week of Alabama versus Florida State, deserving versus better team. I, I've gone back and forth on this concept about eight times this week on what what was the right choice, what was the wrong choice. The biggest thing that I know is that everybody that was talking about they needed an expanded college football playoff won on Saturday. Yeah, They won the argument. The argument's done. There should be more teams in the college football playoff because you want to see the entertainment in this now. Because I guarantee you, instead of watching or having to argue between who makes it, Alabama or Florida State, it would be so much better to just say those two are playing each other in the first round of the college football playoff. For sure. And, I don't know. It's it's a really frustrating place to be. I completely get it from Florida State's perspective that it's it's brutal. Like it's not. You worked incredibly hard. You did everything that you could. You're not you're not just one player, obviously, but that one player is a very very impactful player who made a lot of big time plays for you guys. And it it becomes really hard to say that their their certain team now stacks up against other people. And the the question then you can say back to them is, well, why do we care this year? Why is this year the year that we all of a sudden care about this? Because years past, it's been, who's the most deserving? Who's who's available to get in there? Cincinnati was one, for sure, that was undefeated. You could almost tell yourself, like, right then and there, you're like, they're not one of the top teams in the nation. But because they went undefeated, because they're one of the only undefeated teams out there, they deserve to be in. Michigan State, a couple years back, when they beat uh, Michigan and won the Big, 12 cha- or Big Ten Championship, they were not as good as Alabama, and they were never going to beat Alabama, but they deserve to be in there above some of the SEC teams that were below them. I I don't know why this year became the difference. I'm not saying it's right or wrong on either side of it. I know which side you stand on, biasly, which is, again, fine. You can have opinion biased and non-biased. But. I mean, even then, as a Bama fan, like I understand where Florida State's coming from. Oh, a thousand percent. It's not... It's not unwarranted in some ways. Now, I will say, the whole thing of, like, oh, we're going to sue the NCAA, guys, stop it. This has been happening for how many years now? This is a very egregious, dramatic version of it. But, like, when Ron DeSantis comes out and is like, we're suing the NCAA, stop, stop it. Like, you're not doing anything. Yeah. It's it's the choice. It's the committee's choice to make, and you decided to leave it up that way. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's confusing on both ends. 
we've had to talk about this and to everyone of how we feel. I think hopefully as it winds down, we stop getting the narrative that all this is rigged or all this is scripted or it's just for money. Because, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know why this year, again, like you said, it is the most controversial and why it all changed. But, I mean, if the NCAA or even the NFL was rigged, it, they would lose so much money just because of it. Oh, 100%. I, I think the reason that conversation is coming into it now is because they're not looking out for the little guy this year. Usually that fourth team that's deserving or that is filling into that fourth spot is maybe not the powerhouse team, but it's a team that deserves to be there, right? We talked about the Cincinnati's before. I think because Mm -hmm. it's an SEC, and I think because it is Alabama, it's the name Alabama, and you're saying, oh, you're leaving somebody else out for Alabama, you're going to get a lot of people that are saying, well, it's because of the brand, it's because of the name, it's because of this. If you were able to say... I'm switching the scenarios. The ACC championship was Louisville, Florida State. One of Louisville's number one, Florida State was number eight coming into the day. Florida State won their game 27-24 and dominated in there. Alabama was the four seed before that. Jalen Monroe would hurt. Ty Simpson came in and played terribly, but they still beat Georgia, who was good but not amazing this year. It would be the same conversation flipped. Yeah. This is not an SEC bias thing. I thought, I mean, we for help, for God's sakes, I had an entire segment on here talking about how the Pac-12 could possibly be better than the SEC this year, and part of that was SEC bias in there, and I still can understand and completely see that both Georgia and Alabama at this point are better teams than Florida State. I mean, they talked about it after the game, too. It was like, they weren't trying to be biased, but out of, since this whole thing has started, the an SEC team has won all but four of the national championships. Yeah, I mean, they, they've always been involved in it. Now, I will say, I hope that after this year they're able to kind of move away from we have to have to have an SEC team in there. I think there will always be a deserving SEC team in there, but I think it should be more of a conversation of the SEC is not so much farther away better than everybody else. Yeah, no. It is still better. There is still no question that the SEC is the best college football conference out there. But the Big Ten is getting really close. Mm-hmm. The Big 12 is not as close right now, especially after losing Texas and Oklahoma this year. But the ACC is a really good conference. The Pac-12 this year is a really good conference. They're just these. There's other groups in there that are also just as deserving of credit as an SEC this year. And usually you would be able to say, yeah, the SEC is by far and away better than everybody else. But I, I don't think you can say that this year. I mean, I can't either. No. So it's, it's definitely an inf- interesting conversation. For all of the people that are online... Um, going at people about your opinions wrong and all this stuff and the other stuff. It's not worth your time. I mean, you you could run up a tree and circle around it 25 times talking about this and still get nowhere, still end up in the exact same spot you are right now. Yeah. The, the reality of the situation is, is that Alabama is the four seed and they're playing Michigan. And I'm excited for that game. I don't want that game to be tainted by the fact that, oh, it should have been Florida State or whatever. I hope that's a really, really good football game between the two of them. And I hope Alabama shows out because even whether they show out or not, there's going to be a side with the internet to this. If they play terribly against Michigan and lose by 20, oh, they should just put Florida State in because that's exactly what everybody thought they would happen to them. Or if Alabama wins or keep it, keeps it close, it's going to be the conversation of, well, you just wanted to keep them in there for this, that, and the other, and people will make excuses on why they're winning. Just enjoy college football. Same vice versa with uh, vice versa. Well, with Florida State going against Georgia. Yep. Oh, 1,000%. They're going to have every conversation about, well, if this was Alabama, if this was the No. Just enjoy it for what it is. Enjoy the college football playoff. We have a really cool slate this year. Yeah. The four teams that we got, 
I'm going to toot my own horn, but I think I, in the last episode I got all four correct. Um, I don't think you did. I think you said Georgia was going to beat Bama. Oh, shit, you're right. I definitely did. I, 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 I got three or four. I got three or four. I had uh, Michigan, Oregon, Texas, Bama. Okay, so yeah, I missed the Georgia Bama switch, and I missed the Oregon, and I missed the Oregon, and so we were both close. Yeah, we were close. We we had the we had great. These four teams, however, are probably four of the more fun teams out there right now because of what they mean to their areas. It's kind of my favorite part of this. And all four are they where all of them are, and where the beginning and how it all started. Oh, a thousand percent. You had Michigan losing uh, John Harbaugh. You had Alabama, who was. They thought quarterback the, carousel had no idea who their guy was. Yeah, Texas uh, losing the OU and we thought that was the end of it. And going through that, and then Washington finally getting back after not being there since 2016. Yeah, and, and everybody's talking about oh, they have all these close wins, all these close wins. Well, they're still wins. They're mm-hmm. still talking about wins in there. But these four in here regionally is really really cool to me as well because it's the first time in a long time in college football that we've kind of had the major four areas of the states taken up like yes alabama is not very east it's not on the east coast it's not a clemson but it's very close to the east the north supports michigan the west supports washington the south supports texas is that crazy i mean the south is also of course going to support alabama but it almost feels perfect to the point where it's like they're spread out enough they're gonna have their own areas they're playing in their own sections they're gonna have their own fan bases it should be a really really fun time it should I'm going to move past it. the NF- or move past the NCAA for a hot second. College football. Yeah, I am. All right, let's move on up to Sundays. On to the other games of the week. The Packers beating the Chiefs, twenty-seven to nineteen. Jordan Love. This was Thursday night. Yes. Jordan Love looked really good in this game. Yeah, he made some throws. He made some seriously, seriously good throws in this mm-hmm. game. And honestly, I don't know what it was. I think this is probably the second time that Andy Reid has lost off of a bye. Yeah. Which is an insane stat, by the way. The fact that the guy's been coaching for 25 years and this is the second time that he's lost in a bye. Um, but the they looked really good during this game. They played well. Um, their defense looked really, really good. The pass rush looked really good. Rashawn Gary looked like a really good player for them against Patrick Mahomes. So it's an interesting conversation. Oh, this was the Sunday night game. My apologies. But it's kind of weird this year that you're finally starting to see the Tyree Kill effect catch up to Mahomes. Yep. Finally. It took a year. It took a whole year of him having whoever receivers and whatever weapons and whatever else. You're kind of finally seeing, like, okay, we need to get some other playmaker around him. Because Travis Kelsey's still really, really good, but he's not He's not what he once was. For sure. I mean, aging is starting to happen. You really need a wide receiver one. And pretty much any quarterback needs a solidifier wide receiver. I don't think we're going to see where you have a bunch of key in the, like key role players like Kadarius Tony being wide receiver one or whatever, like anybody. No, I will say they're trying to mold Rasheed Rice into that right now. He's averaging about 12 targets a game over the last three games. They're trying to get him into that guy. Um, but I think he's probably a really, really good number two, Yeah, if I had to guess. He kind of looks like a pretty good number two. And that whole stretch of having a true number one receiver, it, that can be really stretched with Patrick Mahomes. For sure. And Travis Kelsey. Because I could mean, like, you have a true number one receiver as in, like, I think Tyler Boyd would be phenomenal for that team. Oh, yeah. Tyler Boyd is really sure-handed. He runs his routes really well. He's explosive in certain plays. He would be really good for that team. Um, a Jerry Judy type would be a really good player for that team. Like, just the, they don't have to be these world-ending, they're going to go out and trade a pick for Devontae Adams. Yeah, no, they don't need to do that. But they do. I do agree that they need something in that room that will help them. Yeah, for sure. 49ers stand on business, 
beating the Eagles, 42-19. You saw the Devo antics before the game, right? I did, and I loved it. I loved it, too. And I thought it was true whenever Purdy went out in the NFC Championship. He stood on it. Everything that he did, he proved in that game. And this is just one that shows how much, how stacked this 49ers team, but this is just really what the Eagles needed. Because it's just the past few weeks, they've struggled in the first half, in the first quarter. Jalen Hurts has not the greatest turnover rate. And they somehow find a way to win due to them coming back. But you can't, especially like in college, yeah, you could probably get away with it. NFL, I... With the way how the Eagles run, that's just not how it should be. And it's, this is not the Eagles team that we remember, honestly. No, yeah, they needed a they needed a rain check. They were kind of having a, a sputter fest right now. Like, we're just going to beat a team well enough. We're just going to do enough at this point. And they finally got their t- teeth kind of knocked in right now. So I think it's going to be a good reset. I 100% agree with that. I think that the Eagles didn't look very good in this game at all. For sure. And it was a more of a testament to me about how good the 49ers were compared to how bad the Eagles were. I think it was a down game for the Eagles, but I was still more impressed by the Niners in this game. Yeah, the Rams beat the Browns thirty-six to nineteen. The Browns are struggling, which is no surprise. They lost their starting quarterback. Shout but out to Joe Flacco. Joe Cool. Joe Breezy. If I told you that Joe Flacco started a game in the year twenty twenty-three and had more pass attempts in that game than Matt Stafford or Patrick Mahomes in his game this week, what would you say? That's just wild. That is crazy. That's great. He had significantly more passing attempts. He went for 254 yards, two touchdowns on 44 attempts with one pick. Matt Stafford had a really good day. 279 yards, three touchdowns, above 50% completion. Kyron Williams is back and running the ball really well again. He had a touchdown. Puka Nakua had 100 yards. Shout out to him. He, he got 1,000. I think it was it the fastest of getting 1,000 as a rookie. I think he's either the fastest or the second fastest. As he's a really close. Yeah, yeah, he's. I mean, he's having an unreal year this year. It's awesome to see. Yeah, especially for a guy who was such a low draft pick for them, and I mean, he stepped in right away. It wasn't like, oh, we're going to build him up throughout the season, get him better and better and better. He from day one walked in there and said, "While Cooper Cup is hurt, I'm going to be the number one receiver. As soon as he's back, I'll be the best number two there is right now." He's been awesome. He's been yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, gotta love it. Yeah, no kidding. Plus, it's a fun name to say. Puka Nakua. Yes. Yes. All right. Battle of the mid. And when I talk about mid, I'm talking about the NFC South. The Buccaneers beating the Panthers 21-18. Dear God, can the Panthers figure something out? They fired Frank Reich. They're, they don't have a new head coach right now. They haven't, I don't even know if they've, if they've named an interim. I have I no idea just who said that They said their offensive coordinator was there. This ownership group is bad. Yeah. This ownership group wants to win so badly that they're losing, if that makes sense. They are trying to... Step, step ahead of schedule so many times and get right so many times that they're now just digging themselves a deeper and deeper hole and they just need to rebuild. They need a few years of being bad to get good draft picks. Um, I will say congratulations to Mike Evans for being, I think he's the first or second receiver all time to have nine seasons of a thousand straight or a thousand yards straight to start a career. I think he's behind. I think that part you're right, but I think he's tied for consecutive years with 1,000. Yeah, I think he's, I, don't, I can't remember if he was tied or if he was right there with it or not, but he hit 1,000 again this year, which means that since 2014 to now, in nine years, he has not missed having a 1,000-yard season. That's just wild. It's insane. He's, he has not had a less than 1,000-yard receiving season in his career yet, and that's not changing this year. That's, that's one of the most incredible. impressive, consistent receivers you've ever seen. Because, th- I mean, think about where he's been, the highs and lows. Started with Johnny Manziel at college mm-hmm. came to Tampa Bay. This was the year before they drafted Jameis, so Mike Glennon was the start of the year that he started with 1,000 yards. Then he got rookie year Jameis Winston. 
Then he had second-year Jameis, third-year Jameis, fourth-year Jameis. Then he got Tom Brady for two years. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then he's had a kind of last – I can't remember what he wrote it then. But anywho, now he's got Baker Mayfield. And none of it's mattered. Nope. It doesn't matter who it is, who's throwing him the football. He's just been that consistent and that good. So, Bucks win the win over the Panthers. They're hoping to win the uh, the mid-division, see who's going to go under five hundred, and also make the playoffs for no good reason. And it was also with Mike um... – there's been years where he's the only wide receiver, and then there's years like with the Tom Brady where there's Chris Godwin and Tony Brown where he doesn't need the cat. Kronkowski, Cam Brady. They had yeah. a lot of weapons in there, and yet he was still the number one guy. Yeah, for sure. He's an awesome, awesome player, and I think that he should go down as one of the better receivers of all time. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on from the Buccaneers, we're going on to the Colts and the Titans. Colts win 31-28 to over the Titans. Honestly, man, the Titans this season... Am I crazy to say it's either time to pull the plug on Derrick Henry or DeAndre Hopkins? I get your past the trade deadline. Or both. Or both. But, like, what were you thinking when you signed Derrick Henry and DeHop this season? Did you think that your offense was going to just be phenomenal? And when you got to the trade deadline and you realized that you were an under 500 team and continue to be an under 500 team in a division that's not that hard to win, by the way. There's not that many great teams in this division. And you realized all these things, and you said, nope, we're going to stick with all of our best players and keep them here. And I get you probably wouldn't have gotten the same value for them. Besides Kevin Byard. You did, you did trade Kevin Byard for a pick, which is a good idea, but I don't know. Losing to Gardner Minshew in overtime and giving up 31 points to Gardner Minshew shows that you have a lot more issues than just your offense as well. Will Levis actually looks fine in this game. Yep. Right around a, 30, or a 50% completion percentage, 224 yards, one touchdown. Did you see the play where he got the ball got tipped in his hands? And he sprints and outside of the offensive him. line yeah. and hit sticks him to get the ball back. Yeah, like, that's kind of an awesome play. I, if I'm a Tennessee Titans player, I'm like, okay, I respect that guy. I'm gonna f- kind of follow that guy a little bit more. Mm-hmm. He's gonna stick his neck out there. On the Colts side of things, Michael Pittman was really good. 11 catches, 105 yards, one touchdown. If you had him in fantasy, you were very happy about it. And Minshew Mania continues to be decently going in Indianapolis. They're quietly a two-game above 500 team. Right I now. love it. Gardner Minshew, 312 yards and two touchdowns, no picks. Phenomenal game for that guy. Amazing. You gotta love Gardner Minshew. Do I? Can Just I go on a short little rant about Gardner real quick? Yeah, sure. The guy when he got cut the first time from the Jags decided to live in a makeshift van outside of a workout facility, like literally in the parking lot of this facility. He stayed there, and he would work out every single day and do all of these different workout or lifts and different exercises and everything else, basically until the point of like somebody would call him and say, hey, you need to get out of the gym or, like, leave. And he just basically wanted to work to the point that he couldn't work anymore. So, yeah, he looks like the type of guy that's all party, all fun, whatever else, but he is actually just a grinder when it comes to an NFL quarterback, which is cool. Not so cool. cool. Oh, dear God. I don't. I don't want them. <laughs> Chargers beat Patriots 6 do nothing. Now, I will say, we can actually get a much more happy Patriots fan here in just a short bit. But In like two minutes. In like two minutes. But. Good God. 6 nothing. I didn't even watch that game. Like <laughs> It was so bad. I, I, I won't lie to you. I turned it on for about 20 to 30 minutes, and I was like, I can't. I physically can't watch this. Usually the Patriots, like, dismantle. Like, no matter how bad or how good they are, they dismantle the Chargers because they find some way to go over them. I know. It's so weird. It's weird. The Chargers are just such an issue, though. They need to fire their head coach and staff. We've talked about this the whole time. Yeah. I don't like, I don't even know what it is with them right now. Quentin Johnson is starting to become a real conversation. Or, like, a couple weeks ago, I was like, be patient. Don't under, don't get too overwhelmed by it, whatever. He has a couple drops, whatever. Yeah. 
Starting to get to the point of concern. Starting to get to the point yeah. of like, oh, actually, something's definitely wrong here. Because he's dropping a lot of passes. And have you seen that graphic where it's like there's eight receivers right now that have over 400 more yards receiving than him that were all drafted behind him? Yeah, I think that's all I've seen on Twitter. It's crazy. I mean, X. It's, X. X. I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's just needing to... He, he needs to figure some stuff out and just get his hands right. Because he's open. He's making plays. He's getting open. Herbert's delivering the ball. He just can't catch, which is just such a weird trait for a number one receiver. Oh, well. Oh, well. He'll figure it out later. Yeah. A little bit more high scoring. A little bit more in the 20th century. Or yeah, 20th century again. 21st century. The Lions beat the Saints 33-28. I am getting a little concerned for the Lions. Me they too. won this game. I get that. They gave up 28 points again. I'm going to go back here real quick and look at the Lions' schedule. Out of pure curiosity, when do you think the last time was that they didn't allow more than 21 points in the game? Probably week one. Maybe. The last time that they did not allow more than 21 points in a game was against the Raiders. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Back in October. They only allowed 14 to them. But if I'm looking at their most recent games, their last four games that they played, 38 points to the Chargers, 26 points to the Bears, who their offense has not been good the entire time. Nope. 29 points to the Packers, who before this game did not look great. And 28 points to the Saints, who didn't look like that great of an offense at any point. Panthers scored 24. Ravens scored 38. The Seahawks scored 37. Like you, There's so many places that you just have to be able to play some defense at this point. And I'm starting to get concerned about... All of the teams that you're holding to very low margins are terrible offensive teams. The Falcons, the Bucks. We were talking about the Bucks as a decent offense right now. They they struggle if Mike Evans is not on, which luckily for them is not a lot. But yeah, they struggle if their offense is not going. The Raiders with Aiden O'Connell are some of the offenses that you stop right now. Once we get to the playoffs, are you going to be able to hang with any of the actual quarterbacks in there, or are we going to be in ten thousand shootouts? That's kind of my question for them right now. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Oh, for uh, sure. I mean. I don't know. The Lions, at first, they seem like this very badass team that, like, you would think their defense would come first. and then They're kind of the opposite of what you'd think about them. Yeah, they've like really changed. Perspective. They've really changed. Yeah. That's oh, a thousand percent. Jerry weird. Goff had a good game. They ran the ball pretty well again. Jameer Gibbs looked like a pretty good running back once again. Mm-hmm. Sam Laporta is blossoming into one of the better tight ends in the NFL. He had nine catches for a 140 in the touchdown in this game. Supposed to be the replacement of TJ Hawkinson. It's kind of working. doing actually more than TJ did in his first year, I'm pretty sure. It's it's pretty impressive to see. I don't know. Honestly, if, if every college football team outside of Iowa and Notre Dame and Stanford wanted to just stop trying to make NFL tight end prospects. Actually, Georgia, you're now allowed in the conversation as well. Yeah. If any of, anybody else other than those four schools want to stop making tight ends, be great for everybody else. Iowa, Notre Dame, Stanford, Georgia. Only four schools allowed. Because yep. they make great tight ends. And they have basically the entire NFL. Alrighty. So we've gotten past the Lions and their weird defense to a team that doesn't have any offense because of their quarterback problems. The Falcons beat the Jets 13-8. to I, I, Is there anything to say about this game other than meh? Meh. I mean, Robert Sala is probably going to lose the locker room at any point, so... Which sucks, because it's not his goddamn fault. Yeah, I feel like really. it's not really his fault at all, and it's not... It's just, I feel like it's turned, because everyone... Every, like, NFL fan wants to see Zach Wilson to strive, because they think it's not his fault, but... It's a thousand percent his fault. 
I don't know how to say it other than it is his fault. I mean, the man just, like, he was supposed to spend his whole year behind Rodgers, and he kind of got thrown in there. But, I mean, he's been with this team for three years, and this is supposed to be the best team. Same coaching staff, same. What, has it been three years or two? Is this year number two or year number three? I'm pretty sure this is year number three because he was right behind Trevor Lawrence, and this is year number I mean, yeah, he's, it's not that he's right behind Trevor Lawrence. It's got to be year three for him at this point. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I mean, I think by year three, though, you should have a pretty consistent idea of who the guy is. And yeah. the only thing that Zach Wilson has shown anybody is that he's terrible at football, so you shouldn't hold out for the fact that he's going to get good all of a sudden. It's just right. not going to happen. Not going to happen. All righty. I'm going to move on from that game very quickly, just like the fan bases of those two teams did as well. Good yeah. for the Falcons for getting a win, though. They're kind of the Steelers of the NFC right now. Where it's like, how do you have that many wins? I don't get it. Speaking of the Steelers and losing actually to the Cardinals 24 to 10, that was oh my god. I, I everybody thought Matt Canada being fired was the saving grace for this Steelers offense. Yeah. That was ugly. I mean, Kenny Pickett did get hurt, but there he did. This there's is correct. There's reports that they were going to be- after that they were going to bench Kenny Pickett regardless because of how he's been playing and try Mitch. And I mean, we saw with the Patriots uh that was not a good game. Yeah, I and the fans were trading for Mason Rudolph of all people, which is really funny. Yeah. Now I know I know as a Patriots fan, I've said this whole year that I have not watched a single game, but I'm a very honorable and honest man with unbelievable courage, determination, and persistence. Stop quoting Mason. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I would say uh, I did watch this game, and I was very happy for once. <laughs> it's, been, it's been it's been too long. <laughs> oh dear lord. I mean, honestly, man, the Pittsburgh Steelers can just become the OSU alumni school at this point. Jalen Warren, uh, Mason Rudolph, Trey Flowers. Who's the other one? They have one more on that team. I can't even remember who it is. Uh, wait. Mason, Jalen, and there's one other guy. Uh, whatever. I don't know. Trey Flowers, whoever. I don't even know who it is. Uh, but anywho, in this game, Steelers offense. Trey Flowers, is it? I, mean, I thought he was on that team because he's just old at this point. I don't even know if he's still in the league, maybe. Anywho. Man, I, I don't know. Mitch went for 11 for 17, 117 passing yards and a touchdown. If you combine Mitch and Kenny, they were very efficient with the ball. Just so unbelievably underneath check down central, it's not even funny. They didn't look that special on offense anyway. And Kyler Murray's starting to find his stride a little bit more again. He's starting to be able to run a little bit more. Um, his passing was pretty good in this spot. James Conner had a really good game, 105 yards, two touchdowns. So, I don't know. They have... The other big one in here, and he's been kind of one of the most under-the-radar guys that we've had this year that I think deserves to be talked about a little bit more. Trey McBride, their tight end at a Colorado State, these last three weeks, four weeks even, five weeks, since uh, Kyler Murray's gotten back. Ten catches for 95 yards, three catches for 22 yards and a touchdown. Oh, excuse me, the touchdown was with the 10 for 95. Eight catches for 131 yards. Five catches for 43 yards, six catches for 60, or seven catches for 60 yards, eight catches for 89 yards and a touchdown. He's playing really well and pretty consistently for a tight end. They're never going to have the point where they're all going to make the, that amount of catches, but he looks like he's starting to develop into something that Kyler can use. Yeah. So, it's, God, that Steelers team is frustrating. Very frustrating. I hope I just hope they get knocked out. I'm not trying to see another Pittsburgh blowout. I hope that they're out. Like, I... You know for a fact that they're under duty this year. They're not good enough to compete with any of the top contenders. No. Not even close. Not a chance. Another team that is trying to prove themselves to be competitive with top contenders, which they couldn't really do this week because they didn't play a top contender, but that is kind of the mantra of the Miami Dolphins season so far. They win 45-15. to 15. 
Terry Kill is on pace to break so many records right now. Like, so many records. It's kind of insane. He's got f- almost 5,000 yards by this point and 12 touchdowns Five. on 93 catches. 5,000. Sorry, 1,500. Holy wow. <laughs> 5,000 would be insane. But yeah. No, yeah. 1,500 yards almost. Devon A. Chain is back and looks really good again. He's a steal and a half. Mm-hmm. Steal and a half. I think the teams need to realize that you can just draft a running back whenever and you hit, you hit, and you're really good without it. I don't know. They I don't know either. They beat this team. Sam Howell, we were kind of hyping him up a little bit to say that, oh, they could win these sort of games because they have a really great passing offense. That offensive line is so bad. <laughs> it doesn't even matter what happens with him. So, One of the better games of the weekend, the Texans beating the Broncos 22-17. to um, Do you want to talk about this game? Because I don't really want to talk about this game. I mean... C.J. Stroud looked good. He did look good. He also stood on business this weekend. Yeah, I was about to say that. Alex Singleton tried to get in his face, and he said absolutely not. Russell Wilson looked atrocious in this game. He looked unbelievably bad in this game. He had three picks. His completion percentage was pretty mediocre. Threw 186 yards and three picks. C.J. Stroud continues to be one of the best quarterbacks out there. If they were to put C.J. Stroud in MVP conversations, are you mad? No. Should he be the MVP? No. Okay. Glad that we are on the same page with that. that I think, honestly, I'm not looking at quarterbacks this year. I think I'm really just debating on C-Mac or Tyreek. It's kind of getting down to that point because, I mean, two of the better players in the league, and you can't argue that their quarterbacks are worth that. Yeah. I saw people. I saw some people saying Brock Purdy, but... How can you give Brock Purdy the MVP? I want you to understand Brock Purdy currently has the lowest yards per attempt in the league. Yeah. He throws it underneath every single time. And I get it's a joke, and I get it's funny, whatever, yada, yada. He can make real throws. It's just not required of him because he has so many good playmakers that he doesn't have, ever have to do any of that. So why would he? Makes Anywho, no sense. Back to the game that we were talking about before. The Broncos fall back down to 500, 6-6. Six six. The Texans go up to 7-5 and five to move up into, I believe, tied in the division first because the Jag lost upcoming wink, wink, punch, nose on that. Yep. But they are tied for first in their division, trying to win out and get in the playoffs. It would be really cool. I think that would be a really fun story. Yeah. If the young, young, young Texans make the playoffs. For sure. Now, I will say Tank Dell is out for the season. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, which is a real shame. I liked watching him a lot. But that offense should still be able to hopefully keep it moving and keep it rolling a little bit. All right. We got one more game from the NFL. Bengals-Jags. Jake Browning. Who My goodness. I mean, I did see a stat where he had the most um, touchdowns in high school. I think he had 91 his senior year. Dear Lord. Yeah, yeah he had an un- unbelievable high school career. He was also a really good quarterback at Washington. Like He was a really, really good quarterback. Yeah. The last time the Washington Huskies made the college football playoff, fun enough, was, was Jake, Jake Browning, Browning yep. and John Rouse. Exactly. Yeah. So, in this game, Jake Browning, 32 for 37, 354 yards, one touchdown. Trevor Lawrence left the game with a bad leg injury. I don't know if it was an ankle or leg. Or I think they said it was an ankle. I think so, too. High ankle sprain Now, everybody has made a point about this. How does the entirety of the stadium in Jacksonville not have a cart for their injured players? Apparently, Trevor Lawrence said that they were getting a cart, and but at that time, he was already on the sideline, so he wanted to tough it out, but... But, like, why? Give the man the cart. This is your franchise cart. This is your millions and millions of dollars worth... Player, this is everything to your team, and you're like, oh yeah, you can just walk back to the stadium. I will say they're technically still in first right now. Trevor Lawrence has not been ruled out for an indefinite amount of time, but he's going to miss a little bit of time for yeah. sure with this. So we'll see how long they can survive with that. The yeah. Bengals stay alive somehow. Do you think the Bengals can make the playoffs this year? 
I mean, I don't know. That Ravens team, we talked about Jacksonville being secretly like in the playoffs. I feel like Ravens is just secretly in the, really yeah. secretly down there, yeah. Se- they're secretly the number one seed. Like They're really good this year, too. They're like secretly one of the best teams in the NFL, which is crazy. Um, and finally, the Thursday night game that happened last night, Bailey Zappi showing some crazy emotion out there, getting into it, screaming at the players. 240 yards, three touchdowns, one pick to beat the Steelers 21-18. to Mitch Trubisky cannot be your leading rusher. No. We'll put it that way. Mitch Trubisky cannot lead the team in rushing. That's, that's pretty easy to say that that's part of the reason you're losing games. But what's insane to me is there's still a game over 500. They've lost two teams that have won, what, like two games? A combined five games now. Yeah. Between the two bad. of them, they've combined for five wins. Yeah. And they've lost back-to-back games now. I I don't know how long Kenny's going to be out, and I don't know if they're going to try and stick it out with Mitch. This offense still so bad. And I'm not surprised. It's not George like Pickens is over it. Oh, a thousand percent. So they fire Matt Canada. They've had three games since. In none of those games has George Pickens been unbelievably dynamic. He had five catches this week for 19 yards. Like, that's not at all special. And I get some of this should be that he's put in a position to make those plays, but also if you're going to bitch and moan and be so upset about not getting your calls and plays, get open. Make plays. Be a playmaker. Do you know why Tyreek Hill gets the ball all the time? Because every time that that dude touches the ball, he's probably only likely to get a touchdown or get a massive gain. And, yes, he's also one of the fastest people in the league. DK Metcalf, same idea. Justin Jefferson, same idea. Amon Ross St. Brown, same idea. Like, all of these guys that are not only going to be secure catchers but are going to do something with it, that's how you get the ball a lot. That's how you start getting utilized a lot. I don't know. Moving on to the weekend set of games. You got three games of the week for us. Games of the week. We talked about Trevor Lawrence being hurt. That's why I got Jags versus Browns. That'll be an interesting one. Yeah. I mean, if Jags lose, then I believe the Texans and the Texans win, they tie. And then Correct. Browns are still looking to fight for playoffs. Next game, Chiefs versus Bills. No matter how much these teams struggle, it's still a fun game. Regardless. It's, yeah, it's Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes. And then the famous rivalry, the Eagles versus the Cowboys. Ooh-wee. It'll be interesting if we see the Eagles bounce back and how some people are saying the MVP is Dak Prescott, how he'll look. I can guarantee you this is going to be CBS's game of the week. I guarantee you it is. Guarantee. It's going to be CBS. It's going to be a great game as well. And I actually am curious. I think Dak could very, very, very quietly sneak into some conversations right now with how good they're playing. I think too. But that also could get shut down if they get absolutely stomped. That too. Because this is also the Cowboys we're talking about. This is a team that is not well-known for showing up in the biggest moments, and they haven't been since the 1980s. So This is also going to be the Cowboys really their first test. Oh, a thousand percent. And the last time that they got tested was against San Fran, and they got murdered. And the Eagles, and they also lost that game. Exactly. So we'll see if they can finally step up to the plate and yeah. make a play on it. So There's, go for it. I was going to say. Were you going to talk about the game or the news? Oh, I was going to move on to the news. What oh. else you got for the game? Nothing. Perfect. As long as news-wise, we talked about Jay Jez is back. Yay. That man is back, and I'm very excited for it. I, I miss watching good players play football. Me too. He's so good, and he's so much fun to watch. It's sad to not have him there. Oh, help this case. Uh, Tom Brady says this generation in the NFL isn't as talented. I don't have the direct quote, but he said when he thinks about the NFL and who he's played, he thinks of guys like Ray Lewis and – Running lot, well, Sean Taylor, I think that's what he said. Just hard hitters, which I've talked. About. Well, I haven't said anything, but I do believe the the position of the safety has changed a lot. All those changes, thousand percent. Yeah. Linebacker has changed probably the most out of any. Yeah. So, do you agree with it? Do you agree, considering Tom Brady has played like three generations of football, that this is worse talent wise because of like rules or? I a hundred percent disagree with that idea. Talent wise, I think the product itself, I can agree with him on. 
Mm-hmm. I think I would rather have seen the Ray Lewis type linebackers, the the guys that are going to go really make a hit and make a play, rather than I mean roughing the passer is just the most absurd thing at this point. What is roughing the passer? What is hitting the quarterback wrong? What are you doing incorrectly? All those type of things. So I, I agree in that sense, but I think talent wise. I don't know if there's been a point in the NFL where there's been so much talent at receiver or at skill position players or at quarterback. When was the last time in the NFL, outside of the last five years, you could legitimately look to yourself and say, dang, we have close to 10 franchise-level quarterbacks in the NFL? Like, never. It's been a while. It's it's never been it's a thing, been. really. It's been You probably have to go back to the point when Elway and Marino and Bradshaw – and you had all these different names that were there. But, I mean, God, that's the 70s and the 80s and the 90s. Like, we're, I get Tom Brady's perspective on this. Yeah. I disagree with it personally. For sure. Um, as far, he also said, uh, with today's rules, give me Chad and Randy on the outside, and we're putting up 35 next week. Yes, Tom, because you could call pass interference on Randy and Ocho every single time. Moving on, uh, Tush Push likely be banned. I kind of hate this. Um, I, I hate it too. Yeah. Here's my thing. If it was such a broken thing, why isn't everybody doing it? I remember. They've tried. They've tried, and they're not good enough at it. And this is why I think this shouldn't be banned. If you're not good enough to do it, why should it be banned? Because a play is too good? Because you're not strong enough? I think, really? the, I think the last play that I remember being banned is the play of special teams where a uh, defender tried to jump over the center, the line. There was that. Um, the it, wall got banned a few years back. You remember mm-hmm. the wall on yeah. kickoff return? Like yeah. the most insane concepts of all time. The only plays that have been banned have been immediate threat to safety. And this... Like Jason Kelsey has said, not that many people have been injured by it. Yeah, I mean, he's he's probably the biggest voice of all of this because he's got all that weight sitting on his neck. He has the most threat of getting injured, and he 100%. hasn't been hurt. And he's been 100% for it the whole time as well. Yeah. I think, yeah, again, I watched the Vikings try this when they had Kirk Cousins twice in a row, and they failed both times. So. I watched it the, sec- the first week with Matt Jones. Yeah, and they it did not d- it's well. not how this works. Not every team can do this. They have to have somebody who's strong enough and big enough at quarterback to push that pile. So I... I think it's an advantage for the Eagles that the NFL doesn't like right now and that people are complaining about. So they'll figure out a way to say that it's an injury-prone idea. Yeah. Moving forward, Brandon Staley said uh, Austin Eckler is looking to split carries after a recent performance of him kind of in more slow or sluggish, and it said it's going to be more of a running back battle. I think there's something off with him, or he's just hitting a certain age in a running back's career, but he doesn't look to be as explosive, and he doesn't look to be as dynamic with the football. He looks like he's a much more normal player out there. Yeah. Uh, Robbie Gold retired. That's sad, man. Yeah. I remember the longest time when he was the 49ers kicker. Remember when he was with Chicago and everyone hated him? I do remember when he was with Chicago and everybody hated him. And then he went to the 49ers and they were like, oh, this guy's great. Yeah, I remember whenever I lived in Illinois, everyone just hated Robbie Gold with a passion. Yeah. I mean, certain kickers get that kind of of mantra after a while, which is just weird to me. Yeah. Here's a, here's a funny one. A former Jaguars employee, uh, Mitt Patel, I hope I'm saying that right. Actually, I don't know if I care to say it right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been reading the part about it afterwards. Is yeah. alleged to have stolen over $22 million from the team. Million. Oh, millions from the team over the past five years by ex- exploiting the organization's virtual credit card program. He used a stolen money to buy two cars, a condominium, <laughs> and a designer watch worth over $95,000. Some of that money was also reported using the purchase of cryptocurrency and place bets with online gambling sites. <laughs> this is so stupid for so many reasons. Jacksonville, please, for the love of God, get your money in order. And number two, 
Did this guy not think he was going to get caught at some point? Yeah, no. You I mean, stole from a multi-billion-dollar corporation, like twenty. Not, I mean, and you didn't steal a small number either. Yeah, you sold twenty-two million dollars worth of stuff. I mean, whenever I worked at a Chick Fil A, I I had the urges to when I had the car, the store cards to buy like a candy bar or something. But no, I've never thought to steal twenty-two million. Yeah, but that's the difference between a dollar and a half and twenty-two million. Twenty-two million dollars. Yes. A whole new house. Did you say two cars were in there or one? Two. Two cars. Two brand new cars. Um, betting money, gambling money, all that yeah. kind of stuff. Cryptocurrencies. Currencies and different yeah. values. Probably invested a lot of that too if he could. Um, and a ninety-five thousand dollar watch. I mean, for God, for God's sakes, why, <laughs> why? But oh my God, that's just that's funny to me. Um, Jaguars figure your stuff out. Yeah. Moving forward, uh, really con- weird in my part. I don't know. I don't know if you can. You showed me this before. Yeah. It was really odd to me the way that it was described. So Chris Godwin, uh, wide receiver for the Buccaneers, his wife posted on Instagram a. Twitter uh, post where it said Todd Bowles said the Bucks uh, sub Chris Godwin out of more than usual on Sunday because he's more banged up than most. That contributed to his lack of receptions on that day, but his touchdown run was huge. And his wife wasn't happy and put a list of all the reps he's gotten and pretty much said that he's not hurt. He's been busting his ass and they just are not wanting to play him. But he had tw- he had 52 snaps last week and he averages 52 and a half and the lowest uh snap count he's had is 41 and that was week three this doesn't feel like a story this just feels like it it feels weird almost because it's like you're not you're not going to phase out your second best receiver but he's also your second best receiver which means he's not in an offense that's not led by tom brady where he can get the ball out at all times to whoever and it's gonna be really efficient everybody's gonna get catches sometimes it's just the number one guy that gets plays like I can tell you for right now, I'm pretty sure Jerry Judy's sitting at about 280 yards on the season. Like he doesn't have anything. Cortland Sutton's the guy right now in Denver, so it's it's not so much a matter of he's not playing. I don't know what this is. I feel I feel like it's almost not news. Like it's almost it doesn't shouldn't really matter. It's either that or it's just like Chris Godwin and his wife. Like Chris Godwin's upset about something. I'll be curious to see if like I don't know if Chris will respond to this or has responded or anything like that, but. It, it's kind of weird because it feels like he's talking through her or she's saying stuff on his behalf, and either which way is not a good look. Not at all. Moving on, we're going to the little, we're going to the little boys college Going back ball. to NCAA. Yeah, uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. is still debating if he should go to the draft after the loss to Michigan because his goals were to be to win the Big Ten championship and to beat Michigan, and he has not done that. I would be shocked if he returns, but I can see why he would want to return. Yeah, I think he has that drive, but also, I mean, he's still going to get paid. So it really doesn't matter. I think it would affect anybody that has a high draft pick that was really hoping to get him. But, I mean, if that's what he wants to do, then, I mean. More power to him. And especially right now with NIL the way it is, he should absolutely consider this as a real possibility, that he can stay for a whole other year and hang out and everything else. Which, did you see that some uh, states are debating on having NIL for high school? I did. That's insane. I mean, what, that's insanity. Yeah, that's because ins- you know, from the perspective of a high school coach, the amount of kids that have regulations on just being able to go to the school because you're in district, out of district, mm-hmm. versus your family income on if you're allowed to be in here or if you've been here previously and then you moved again. Like, there's so many rulings on that anyway that can get in the way, and now you're going to start getting to the point where it's like certain schools pay money for their for their athletes. Yeah. I think there has to be a certain cutting point of when is it fun and when is it actual professionals. Mm-hmm. 
We're talking about high school kids. We're talking about 14 to 18-year-olds. Yeah, that was I mean, wild. I was an idiot when I was 14. A complete and total moron. I didn't know what anything... I didn't know what kissing a girl was when I was 14. <laughs> and you expect me to sit down and write out and listen to a contract agreement and do NIL sponsorship deals? I don't know how it is for Colorado, but I also saw it for Oklahoma, at least. They're now allowed... Because it used to be if you transferred uh, to a different school just to transfer because of sports, then you had to sit out for a year. Yep. Unless if you moved there. Correct. You, this is the exact same thing yeah. back in Colorado. Now, I will say, they will actually deny playership... Uh, Transfers. Yeah, they can say you'll go, and they'll just say, "Well, you didn't transfer for an actual reason. You didn't transfer for anything real." You just yeah, it depends on how the coach is feeling. That too, and honestly, for us, it's not really how the coach is. It's more how the um, committee is, mm-hmm. Chassa itself, the people that oversee it. Well, but, now what they're doing for Oklahoma is they're letting for Oklahoma at least. I don't know if it's changing all around. They're allowing a one free transfer, where it doesn't matter like if they're transferring, then you get to pick one pl- like one player gets to not go through that. I. I don't know, honestly, about that. I, there's a lot of these that it's like, it's so up and down and so many different ideas that I just I just know for a fact that I'm against NIL deals on high school kids. Yeah, I am too. They're That's kids. Stupid. Yeah. Let them be kids. Let them enjoy being children. Life is way too fast to be an adult. Being an adult sucks. This week, Ty, me having to be a real adult and have real <laughs> responsibilities sucks. I'd so much rather be a 14-year-old kid. So don't speed the process I mean, up could you them. imagine, like... Let's just say you work at like I don't know, like a local like fast food restaurant. Mm-hmm. And a fourteen year old is making more because he's playing high school ball, and maybe playing high school ball for your team or not. Yeah, because you're gonna get you're gonna get coaches that are gonna get so into this that they're gonna start paying fourteen year olds to just come to the school, mm-hmm. not even to just like full on play. So then, what do you do when that kid doesn't come out for football? Because there's no contractual agree. You can't contractually get a fourteen year old to sign a contract to say he has to play football. It's a volunteer sport. Any level of sport in high school is a volunteer at the end of the day. You're paying for it to get into it and enjoy it, but a coach can't force you onto the team. Yeah, no. So what are we going to do when it comes to the first kid that absolutely cons somebody and just shows up and says, oh, I don't actually want to play football? Now you've paid that kid how much money to just to just be there, and now you're going to get kids that are start conning, and then you're going to start running out of money on stuff. It's going to become an absolute shit show. The NCAA doesn't know how to handle this right now. How do you think that high school level is going to be able to handle this? It's just not. Like, no. it's, yeah, it's a terrible idea. No. We're going to play the game. Well, actually, before we do that, uh, number one offensive tackle, uh, Jordan Sean has committed to Colorado. Five-star tackle. That's a great name for a tackle. Jordan. Seatbelt on. Sean. Sean. I mean, that was really great. I mean, that's pretty much all. That's what they needed. That's exactly what they needed. Offensive, offensive line. and defensive linemen. Yeah. And then moving forward for that, we're going to play the game again. We're going to uh, – because – Add some names to the list. Yeah, since – Comparing from this year's day one of the transport to last year, 400 more players have joined. It's insane. Yeah. It's ballistic. Everywhere. Every single team has somebody that they're losing. Yeah. So we're going to guess these players again. Uh, first one is OU quarterback Dylan Gabriel. I want to say that Dylan Gabriel is going to be... This shocked me. I thought he was going to declare for the draft, honestly. Me too, in some ways. Do you want to hear my crazy take? Um, does that have to do with Jackson Arnold? Kind of, not really. Okay, the one I think you got. Jackson's going to take over. So I think that's the reason he's transferring, of course. Yeah. I think that Dylan will go one of two places. There's one team already that's going to lose their lefty quarterback that's going to need probably somebody new in there, and running a lefty system wouldn't be that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. He's very similar to a guy in the name of Michael Penix Jr. Mm-hmm. I think I could see him up at Washington. I think I could. The Cougars as well. Especially since they have been known to take transfer QBs. Yeah. He could be a really fun one up there. That'd be cool. 
Next one is Kyle McCord from Ohio State. Now this one's kind of more controversial because it was after it was like hours after Ryan Day said there was going to be a quarterback battle to see who starts the bowl game that Kyle McCord transfers. Which, if I'm a coach that sees that, I'm like, oh, this dude's just run from it. That's fine by me. You're out. I, this is no personal attack on Kyle McCord, but if you see a player that says, oh, there's a competition, and then all of a sudden their name is out because they're they're scared of it or whatever else, yeah. I get he's had the starting job the whole season. That doesn't guarantee you anything. Supposedly him is his dad was very close to Ryan Day. They would talk pretty much after every press conference and stuff, so I don't know. I mean, they. I mean, I see, him going, with that. I see him going to a Big Ten team. That's exactly what I had so, to. I thought Kyle would end up going somewhere in the Big Ten West. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe he goes to Iowa. I was thinking kind of a Wisconsin type as well. Maybe. That, that too. Yep. Next one from Wazoo, Cam Ward. This is everybody's pipe dream in... Who was asking for him? Ohio State. Yep. This is everybody's pipe dream in Ohio State. And if they want him that badly, they can have him in Ohio State. But I thought they had a kid behind him that was behind Kyle that they were really liking. I... McCord's I mean, a really young quarterback right now, so they're kind of in an in-between flux. I mean, they were talking about the quarterback battle. I just don't know his name. Yeah, it's somebody, obviously, at Ohio State that knows how they can play. They can they can be a real player. Yeah. Next one, we have probably uh, kind of the savior of the year before Zion Bowl. Alabama's wide receiver, Ja'Cory Brooks. Good player. Good player. I think he's a good player. Um, it, was, it was expected to happen. His yep. snap count has been high. But, uh, you know, I was kind of hoping it'd be after the season. But. Yeah, you kind of wish that you had him for the playoff run just in case. But at the same time, you just lose you lose one depth piece. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. I think he's going to go somewhere that he can hopefully get more opportunity. I think a, I don't even know, like a like one of the Arizona schools in the Big 12 next year would be a really good spot for him. It would. Like him with that Arizona QB that's coming back this next year would be a really dynamic group. I think that would yeah. be a really good idea for him. Next one is the brother of Travis Etienne, Trevor Etienne. Now call me crazy. I kind of see him following back where his older brother went. Really? They know they they know Dabo. You know they know Dabo. Mm-hmm. Will Shipley's going or Shipley's going to be graduating after this year and declaring for the draft. Yep. They don't have somebody behind that. He's just now transferring into the portal. It sounds like it's kind of lining up perfectly for there to be another Etienne and Valley. I wouldn't be shocked. I think that would be a really good fit yeah. for him too because he runs pretty similar to his brother. He's a little bigger. He's a little more bulky. More of a power back, but still, I think he's I think he's the type of guy that could fit in that system and do well. Yeah, and this one's just for the memes. Um, this one's just for all the kids back home. Uh, Gunner Gundy, I believe that he will be the starting quarterback of the Alabama Crimson Tide next year. Oh yeah, he's gonna just beat up. He's gonna beat it. Ty Simpson, you're you're benched. Well, you he's going well across, so. Oh, that's Tyler Buckner. Oh, my my apologies, Ty Simpson. My bad. Ty Simpson's a good one. Tyler they Buckner. Have, I heard they have <laughs> Ty and Tyler. And it's like you and having you in the same editing room as our boss, Tyler Chipotle. Like I can't, or like when it's me and the teacher Landon. Yeah. And every time that something said, it would just both turn and look at it. It's like ah, well. It's just. Uh, for Gunner though, this this makes the most sense. This makes the most he sense. He should have been on this level to begin with. It was cool for him to be here. It was cool to support the kid and they, think that he could do it. But he played decent. He like, played okay. Yeah. He didn't do anything that was egregious. I just he obviously didn't have the talent level to sit on this level. I mean, he was a walk on. You know, you have Zane Flores, you have Rangel, who Rangel looks good. You just brought in a new recruit. Yeah, he was. a He's a California kid, pro style, 6'4". Um, Doesn't have the arm talent yet, but of course he's just an 18-year-old kid, so I'm not yeah. judging that in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, I mean, so it kind of makes sense. I wouldn't be surprised if like, if Coach Gundy was like, hey, like, you're not playing. Yeah, it's time to understand what's real and what's not. And I mean, that's still a cool thing for your dad to be your coach for two years and for you to have started playing for your dad. He started a game for us this year. Yeah. So he was the starting quarterback for his dad. He will always be able to hold that. Mm-hmm. I will say I need his younger brother to come here 
for some baseball because he's really good. Yeah, he's so good. He's very, very good. He, you see that the, the younger Holiday brother officially committed? Mm-hmm. Yes. It's great. Yeah. Um, all right. I want to quickly, before we get into this. The Gundy, I'm sorry. The Gundys are just giving PTSD because they beat one of them. Uh, I think it, I think it's Garrett Gundy. Mm. Yeah, he beat us in the playoffs. And mm. that was Brutal. Yeah, my last game was because of the Gundys. That is tough. But then you came here and you said, well, I guess I can support these weirdos anyway. Eh, kind of. <laughs> kind of, not really. Get out of here, you Bama fan. All right, well, we are going to take a quick break. In our second segment here, we're going to go quickly into the NBA in-season tournament that we have not talked about yet. It's been very fun and very interesting. I'll just say that right now. They're in yep. the finals. Um, and we'll quickly just kind of wrap up the whole college football talk with some of the bowl games that we're like that we're looking forward to in the upcoming weeks since we're not going to be able to talk about them too much. But yeah. we will be back shortly. And we are back in with segment two of the Lazima Podcast. If I haven't said this before already, thank you so much for listening and supporting and enjoying this for the entirety of the semester. We will be back next semester, hopefully with some changes to the podcast and some new ideas, new fresh ideas for a whole month. Yeah, I hope. But all right, second segment here. Let's get into it. The NBA in-season tournament has officially been happening, and it has been awesome. With controversies of refereeing, a.k.a. the, I forgot it was the Lakers versus the... Yeah, Lakers versus the Pelicans. Yeah, with the timeout thing and yeah. all that. And then the Pelicans got murdered anyway, so it didn't really matter. Oh, I shut the table. It's okay. We're definitely just going to hear that in post-production. It's all right, though. Yep. All right, so I'm going to go from the quarterfinals on because we played all of our in-season tournament games for the qualifiers. There were a total of eight teams that made the tournament. Something like that. The Celtics and the Pacers played each other in round one. The Knicks and the Bucks played round one. The Pelicans, Kings played round one. Suns and the Lakers played round one. Good God. I think my favorite one was uh, Boston versus Indiana. That was my favorite game, too. Tyrese Halliburton was unbelievable in that game. The Pacers win against the Celtics to move on to the next round. The Bucks put up 146 points on the Knicks. Yeah. Dame looked really good. Mm-hmm. Pelicans beat the Kings 127 to 117. That's a good team too. And the Lakers beat the hobbling Suns 106 to 103 with no Devin Booker and no Bradley Beal. In the semifinal round, this was where we've learned. Okay, there's a new superstar in the NBA. His name is Tyrese Halliburton, and he is that guy. Mm-hmm. Tyrese Halliburton in this game had 27 points, seven rebounds, 15 assists, zero turnovers. Once again, 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 and again, he does not have turnovers. He doesn't do it. He is an unbelievable player, and he's going to be one of the best players in the NBA for years to come. I think my only complaint about the NFL, uh, not the NFL, the NBA so far, is just the narrative that the Kings did the bad thing and traded Tyrese. I will always and forever hate this talking point. You have a win-win trade for the first time in years. Straight up win-win. Yeah. Because both teams got significantly better and got what they needed. Both point guards are really good. Both point guards are really good, and they would not have flourished together. Can we stop this idea that if we had just kept Tyrese Halliburton, we would have been so good? Who's playing center for them right now? Alex Len? Really? We're going to talk about Alex Len as a starting center in the NBA. No, you've got a true playmaking point or power forward yeah. slash center who's been awesome for you and brought you to the playoffs for the first time. The Kings made the right decision. The Pacers also made the right decision. Both teams made a good call. Yeah. And it can be a win-win trade from both sides. I also agree with this. It drives me nuts when everybody's like, oh, they should have just kept Tyrese Halliburton. Or traded what with De'Aaron Fox. Fox. Or traded De'Aaron Fox. No. Either way, De'Aaron Fox would have thrived on the Yeah, so then we're having this exact same conversation about De'Aaron Fox right now about how, oh, my God, phenomenal he is. And I I think it's just the age difference or whatever else. But it it worked out for the Kings fans. It works out. You've got the guy. It's fine. You've been horrendously bad for how many years now, and you're going to complain about finally being successful? Like, shush. 
Alright, anyway. Of all things. Into the semifinal round, we talked about the Pacers beating the Bucks. That was a really good game. Not so much of a good game. The Lakers beating the Pelicans, 133-89. to Like, it was horrendously bad. Very bad. When you know that 39-year-old LeBron James has 35-8 and on you in 23 minutes, it's over. Like, you're just, you're in a horrendous spot. D'Angelo Russell had 14. Torian Prince had 15 points. 17 points for Austin Reeves. 12 points for Rui Hachimura. Like, everything went right for the Lakers. So, finally... That adds up to what tomorrow night is at 7.30 p.m. The Pacers take on the Lakers. And who do you have winning the first ever in-season tournament? I mean, I can't, I can't always doubt LeBron. So I'm going Lakers as much as I want to go with Tyrese. I, I just really love LeBron. It's kind of the perfect way of like, yes, this is not the perfect teams for old versus new. But it's kind of a, it's a really good way of like, okay, what really matters right now? Yeah. Because it's like you have the old veteran presence, whatever, but... Indiana right now is so hot that it might not matter. Extremely hot. They're so hot. They're so talented and they're so hot right now. Really hot. Toasty. Say it again. Extremely hot. <laughs> Good. All right. I'm going to take the Pacers in this one mostly just because I like the Pacers. So we'll see who ends up winning it. It's really been... hot. <laughs> Shut up. It's been a really fun in-season tournament. It's going to be back next year. They've done a really good job with it. I would say it's an overall success. Yeah, I would it's, say this is a great decision. And honestly, this keeps adding on to what Adam Silver has done for the NBA, and it's pretty good so far. See the in-season the, tournament, the um, play-in games have been really received well. The All-Star game changes have been received pretty well. Mm-hmm. See the clip where he was on the Pat McAfee show, and he was making jokes. that He was like, yeah, I don't have a button that says that tells the refs of what call to make and all that. Honestly, though, it's funny, but I still think he kind of does. I wouldn't be surprised. Adam Silver is the much more controlled and well-tempered David Stern. Yeah. David Stern of old would, like, express everything that was happening and why everything was wrong and how everything was wrong. Mm-hmm. David, or what's it called? Oh, why am I blanking? Adam Silver is kind of the exact opposite. He doesn't do that. He's like, man, I'd rather just keep it all to myself and keep it in. And it's, it's funny when he does joke because he's kind of like Roger Goodell where it's like, are you a human? You're a real guy. I don't even know if you're real. But, all right, let's get into our bowl game bonanza. I'm going to throw some really quick ones out here at you. I don't need any explanation. I don't need any reasoning. I need to know who wins it. Okay. Okay. First game, Jacksonville State versus Louisiana. The Raging Cajuns versus Jackson State. I love me some Jacksonville State. So Perfect. Well Miami of Ohio versus App State. App State. Fresno State versus New Mexico State in the New Mexico Bowl. Uh, New Mexico. California versus Texas Tech. Texas Tech. UCLA versus Boise State. Boise. Georgia Tech, UCF. UCF. Good call. Troy versus Duke. Troy. James Madison versus Air Force. James Madison. Perfect. Good call. South Alabama versus Eastern Michigan. South Alabama. Utah versus Northwestern. Utah. Kansas versus UNLV. Kansas. Tulane versus Virginia Tech. Tulane. UNC, West Virginia. West Virginia. Ooh, upset call, upset call. Louisville versus USC. That's uh, USC. A&M versus Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State. Um, NC State versus K-State. NC State. I like that. Clemson versus Kentucky. Clemson. Memphis versus Iowa State. Iowa State. Toledo and Wyoming. Wyoming. Wisconsin, LSU. LSU. Okay. Those are all, we just speed run through a ton of the big bowl <laughs> games, or some of the smaller bowl games. 
and saying a little bit more time on all of these. I want a short explanation on why these teams are winning. Arizona versus Oklahoma in the Alamo Bowl. Uh, Oklahoma, Jackson Orioles kind of a great game. Perfect. Oregon State versus Notre Dame in the Sun Bowl. Notre Dame because Oregon State's losing pretty much their whole squad. Oregon State will find a way to win that now that you've said that. <laughs> Missouri <laughs> versus Ohio State in the Cotton Bowl. Missouri versus who? Ohio State in the Cotton Bowl. Missouri. Ooh, that'll be a great game. The Peach Bowl, Mississippi versus Penn State. Ole Miss. Ole Miss. Good call. The Fiesta Bowl, Liberty versus Oregon. Oregon by a lot. It should be Oregon by a lot. The Cheez-It Citrus Bowl, that doesn't make any sense. Iowa versus Tennessee. Mm, Iowa. Just because of their defense? Yeah. The Orange Bowl, Georgia versus Florida State. Georgia by a lot. I agree. And we are finally into the college football playoff games. We're going to talk about the Rose Bowl real quick. Alabama versus Michigan. Alabama by 10. I would agree with this for only one reason right now, and it's because Michigan is scared of Bama at the current moment. Yeah, I would say. You could see it in the video. Yeah. It's very They really wanted to play Florida State. Yep. Texas versus Washington. Texas. Why? I really like what I saw with Quineers. Uh, yeah, they lost Xavier Worthy, but that D-line is really good. I've been. A there are some defense. chances that he will be back by that game, I'm pretty sure. That'd be wild. Because there's time. That'd be wild. It would be wild if he was able to come back, but there was some rumblings that he would be able to come back. Regardless, Xavier Worthy, uh, their wide receiver group is so deep. You're saying, you're saying hook him no matter what? I'm saying hook him. Yeah. Okay. So then in your national championship, you have Alabama versus Texas in a rematch of week two from Alabama. Now in a neutral site, who wins the national championship this year? Alabama. Why? They're going to get revenge because they're tired of how they should have not been in the playoffs uh, because of that Texas loss. It's a totally different team. That run game is incredible. Uh, and I believe even as a passer, Jalen Monroe has looked ten times better than what he did in week two. I'm excited. There's no, there's no. I'll be really excited. This, these top four teams. I don't care who wins, who loses. The four of them together is going to be so fun because yeah. I think every could, every single team, every single matchup. Yeah, any combination going. of matchup you could get here, whether it's Michigan versus Texas, Michigan versus Washington, Washington versus Alabama, um, Texas versus Alabama, Texas versus Michigan. You could get any one of those, and I would be like, that's awesome. I'm super excited for that game. Which also, the last time I believe Texas was in the national championship was against Alabama when they had Cole McCoy. Correct. So that would be a really, really fun game for a lot of reasons. Plus, it's Steve Sarkeesian versus again Nick Saban. Another another understudy from him who would be going up against him once again. Mm-hmm. Um, real quick, if you had to choose one bowl game that's not in the college football playoff that you are genuinely interested in out of the ones I listed off before, what are you thinking? I would say James Madison's one's huge. Hundred percent. I'm, I'm uh, interested to see that one, especially with their their new head coach. I'm excited. I, as much as I say Oregon's going to win by a lot, I'm excited for Liberty. I would like to see Liberty play well in that game. I'm really excited for Missouri versus Ohio State. That one, too, is going to be really good. Uh, Georgia versus Florida State. Should be a pretty decent game if it is actually played. Like If, if Florida State hangs around, it'll be a really good game. Yeah, just because. Uh, the Ole Miss-Penn State game is another one that I'm really excited about. Yeah, top offense versus top defense yep. is really good. Oregon State versus Notre Dame would be a really fun one. Mm-hmm. Um, even if Oregon State's losing a lot of pieces right now. Yeah. So I think it's a pretty good bowl season right now. I, I am curious on some of the, the choices for teams that are playing who, but it, it is what it is. Like Louisville playing USC is a weird one to me. Why is USC playing a top 16 team in the nation? Um, but overall, I think it's a really good bowl season set yeah. of games. And it's a cool setup for like all of, all of college football. 
And funny enough, as an OSU fan, kind of makes me laugh that I think nine of the ten teams that we played this season for this terrible, terrible schedule that we had made a bowl game. Yeah. So it, it was pretty funny to me how it all ended up. But mm-hmm. Do you have any other things you want to talk about when it comes to the college football playoffs or college bowl games? Not that I know of. I feel like when we get back, I think when we get back is when college football's over. I think that Monday. the So we, I think, we're technically back the week after. I think, from, from the national championship. We come back, what, the 13th? Yeah, and I think the Natty's the 8th or 9th or something. I believe it's one of those days. Cause yeah, so it's around that time, but we'll be right back for that as well, which will be nice. And then we'll be right into the uh, NFL playoffs. We'll mm-hmm. be fully ready for that. We're going to be excited for the NBA season to be farther along. Because that'll be, that'll be towards All-Star break. That'll be right around the All-Star break. I'll even maybe get you in some hockey around that. Hockey? Crazy. Uh... Baseball, it'll be what? Baseball will not be yeah, existing. Yeah. Uh, did you see the draft lottery for baseball came out? I did. The Cleveland Guardians had a 2% chance at winning, and they got it. And they got it. My Colorado Rockies are going to find a way to screw up that third overall pick, as they always do. Reminds me of, uh, I think, what was it, 2014, when Cleveland had a 2% chance, and they got the pick for Kyrie. Cleveland, this is for you. Which changed That's the whole That's what Dan aspect. Stern and uh, Adam Silver were saying behind closed doors. Because that was like one of their spans where they got the first overall pick like three years out of four. Because they had Anthony Bennett, Kyrie Irving, and then I thought there was one other that was like stupid high. Andrew draft. Wiggins? Yes. Yeah. It's three first round picks in four years. Or three first overall picks in four years. Yeah, especially with a lottery system, that's just weird. Yeah, and it didn't make a whole lot of sense before. But yeah. it's getting a little better. Do you have anything else we want to say before we wrap up the show? Not that I know of. I think we're kind of at the end point of this. So, once again, I want to say thank you so much for listening. We're on the Ocast on Spotify. We're on our own piece on Spotify as well as on Apple Music. If you want to find anything else that we do on here, it should be through Ocali or the Ocast on there. Once again, if somebody is that you know that likes sports, share it with them. Share it with a friend. Send it out to everybody because, again, it's free. Free. It's free. That was Ty's head that you just heard hit the mic. With that being said, and once again, ow, my ears. Once again, ow. We're going to say thank you so much, and we are going to check on out for the break. Have a good, month. nice, long, month-long break, everybody. Oh, I never thought I would hear it's that. It's kind of crazy, but we'll be back in as much as from now. Very no kidding. <laughs> what a year. See ya. See ya. Yep. 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 Yep.